Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast, where I help empower families to thrive after having a baby. My goal is to educate on real food, physical health, and becoming our best selves. I'm Michelle Taggy. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and have a master's in data analytics. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm here again with Kim Perez. If you didn't listen, she was on episode 54, where we talked about fertility in between pregnancies. And she's basically an expert in women's hormones, fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, such an amazing resource. So I'm excited to get to chat with her on these shorter topics. Hi, Kim. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So we're going to talk about postpartum weight loss. And I actually get a lot of questions both ways on this. Women who are either gaining or like holding on to weight postpartum, but also people who are losing too much weight while they're breastfeeding. So I want to talk about it both ways. Um, And I think most people listening know my personal experience where I held on to quite a bit of weight while I was breastfeeding, really with both kids. um, But with the first one, I was more concerned about it. (laughs) And I did all this, like I waited three months after I was done breastfeeding, I lost the weight and I got all these hormone tests to figure out what was wrong with my body to cause that to happen? Because a lot of people have really bad advice around that. Like if they personally didn't have trouble losing weight, they think that um, everybody should be able to just take the weight off postpartum. So I'm I'm super excited to kind of normalize that bodies do different things and they're all, <laughs> I, I hope that's the cl- conclusion you're going to come to, but that they're all, they all can be healthy as long as you're making healthy choices and that's where your body's at. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I guess um, you could start with either like the losing too much weight or not losing weight while you're postpartum and breastfeeding. Yeah. So my experience has also been like yours. Um, I stopped pumping just, I think it's almost exactly a month ago. Um, and my body is held on to some weight as well. So let's start there because I feel like I've been getting a lot of questions and maybe also because I've been sharing a little bit more about my experience there, um, with like the resistance to weight loss. And again, like what is quote unquote normal, what's the timeline and what are like potential things that can be kind of going on when your body's not letting go of weight, like you thought it would. Yeah. I'm super excited to dive in. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I think we should like start with the beginning because I really feel that there's this pressure to like bounce back really quickly and lose the weight. And we have this benchmark of six weeks, which is insane to think that you'll lose any weight if, you know, let alone all of it. Um, And a lot of women feel really frustrated in those like first few months where, where their bodies aren't changing the way that they thought they would. Um, you know, you have that initial loss after birth, which which is mostly baby and fluid, (laughs) and then things can kind of halt. And something that I try to drive home to women, particularly for these initial months is that your body's healing. And this is like an extremely nutrient demanding process. The, you know, entirety of postpartum, especially if you're breastfeeding can be really like a state of depletion. So your body is trying to 
survive essentially, but keep you healthy. And how it's going to do that is by prioritizing the things that are essential and weight loss is not essential. So we have to remember that like that healing period, particularly in the beginning is extremely nutrient demanding, um, especially if you're breastfeeding. And I think that also is another myth that kind of happens, um, is that breastfeeding helps you lose weight. And I, I had a man ask me this when I was holding on to weight and I'm like, don't you even talk. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut it. I have had, I think I've, I've spoke to one woman and I know again, like this is not everyone's experience. And I know some women do struggle to keep weight on, but I know one person in my real life that like lost a ton of weight while breastfeeding. And maybe it's because of the, the clients that I have and who comes to me for what, but I found this to be extremely common for women to hold on to weight. And it doesn't mean like they don't lose any weight postpartum, but they just kind of keep on those additional, you know, seven to 10, maybe 15 or 20 pounds because your body's prioritizing nourishing another human. And we get this, you know, incorrect view of breastfeeding is like, oh, it burns 500 calories. So everybody thinks like, it burns 500 calories like you would in an hour long exercise class, but it's like it uses those calories. Your body's using those calories to produce milk. So for most women, they have to eat those calories to keep up their milk supply. And I, you know, I don't know, and I don't know if there's been research done on this, but like my, I was always in my breastfeeding journey, pumping journey, I always made just enough, if not, if not enough. So if I didn't eat enough, I could notice that my supply dropped a lot. And for some women maybe who are overproducers and oversuppliers, they can maybe cut some calories and it doesn't have that much of an impact. But a lot of women really need to eat to, to keep their milk supply up. And we know like the early days, especially when your milk is coming in, how nutritionally demanding that is. The hormone prolactin that encourages your body to make milk, increases your appetite, and it slows down fat metabolism. So to me, that's like, okay, well, biology doesn't really want you to lose too much weight when you're breastfeeding or lose all of the weight that you gain during pregnancy because that weight that you're holding, those fat stores, your, to your body, that's energy. So again, your body wants to protect you and your baby especially, so it doesn't want to let go of those energy stores in case there's some sort of famine or you're start, you know, starved at some point so that you can still feed your baby. So for a lot of women, and I know this was your experience with your first, they can lose some weight, but then kind of keep holding on to a certain amount until they're done weaning, until their body gets that signal that, okay, like now I'm, I can release these stores of fat because I maybe don't need them anymore. And then we can kind of talk about when the body might think that it needs those stores outside of breastfeeding as well. Um, there's a lot of hormones that come into play there, but, and the prolactin hormone also, it decreases your fat metabolism. So your body's not going to be able to release those fat stores as easily when that hormone is high. Now that can be high throughout your breastfeeding journey. Um, for many women, it decreases around six months when they start to introduce real food. Um, but I've talked to moms that are breastfeeding two, three-year-olds who still nurse on demand. So it really, really depends on your breastfeeding relationship and how often and how much milk you're producing 
that will have that impact on that hormonal response. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I do just just in case there's anybody out there who's like, well, I'm holding on to more weight than that. Is that still normal? Like mine was like 25 to 30 pounds and um, until about until I quit breastfeeding at 14 months and I'm still there with this pregnancy um, 10 months postpartum. And I do think part of that, like you're talking about your body wanting to hold on to this calories in a state of like, you know, worrying about not being able to produce enough milk because you're in that state. Like, I think stress has to be something we talk about there. And I didn't, I went back to work six weeks postpartum with my first, I was traveling and pumping and all the things. And it wasn't, uh, I mean, I think it makes sense that my body wanted to hold on to weight uh, in case there was a state of famine or, um you know, that I just wanted to say that it, and it came off very quickly when I stopped breastfeeding, which was just interesting to me hormonally. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case for everybody, but um, I, I think it's this idea of like, if you're postpartum and you're doing all the things and you're exercising every day and like calorie restricting or all the things, and you should be able to lose weight, it's, potentially not doing anything for that and just leaving you depleted. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Exactly. And that's where that stress piece comes into play. So there's a stress that can be caused just by, you know, the nature of postpartum, right? It's stressful. You're not sleeping. You have a new human to take care of. There's stress, like maybe in your journey, I was an exclusive pumper. It was a stressful experience and I did not enjoy it. So that was stressful. And then you have the additional stress of, if you do return to exercise, like getting back to intense exercise before your body's ready or restricting calories when that's, you know, not really what your body needs right now, those are also stressors. So again, when your body's interpreting like stress, your body's interpreting, okay, I need fuel because I'm stressed because there's a threat of some sort, whether that's real or that's imagined. And again, it's going to want to store. So not only will it, again, hold on to the fat that you have and not as readily release that. But cortisol, the stress hormone, impacts your blood sugar and your insulin, which insulin is a hormone that tells your body to store. So store blood sugar because we'll need this. We're going to need this fuel. We're going to need this fuel because we're in a, in a stress state. So there's a million different ways that stress can impact us and a million different sources. But postpartum is a time, whether that's the first few weeks or maybe a year or later, it can be a really, really stressful time. So that's why like, it seems so counterintuitive, but you have to eat probably a lot more than you think. And I do also believe that's why a lot of women struggle with breastfeeding in that they underestimate what their needs are. And they, even though they think they're eating enough, they're in that state of under eating where their body is kind of storing and, and kind of compensating with the metabolic rate. Um, because it's difficult to eat as much as they need. And then if you add exercise on top of that, that's more calories that your body needs. So it's not uncommon for, especially a breastfeeding woman, but postpartum to need like 2,500 to maybe even like 3000 calories. And that seems like an outrageous number. And that's, if you're not eating that, if you're not eating what your body needs, you're actually in a state of stress. So this nourishment piece and making sure that your body is replenished and you're, you're getting the nutrients that you need. That is such a key piece. Whereas we think weight loss is about eating less. Yeah. And there's something like, I really want to normalize 
making good choices around food when one of these choices postpartum might be to eat more, but making somewhat healthy choices without the goal of weight loss. So I think when people couple these, it gets really dangerous because I'm going to start eating healthier, which does not mean eating less, but let's say I'm going to choose, um, I don't necessarily recommend like salads immediately postpartum, but when you're, you're able to produce more heat, uh, down the line. So like I may eat a salad because I'm trying to get thin and then I don't lose the weight because of postpartum hormones. And then now I'm just like, well, I might as well eat whatever I want. (laughs) Um, and then it's hard to trust like your, what your body is telling you you need to eat. Because if you're in the habit of, I'm going to indulge on a lot of sweets or just eat whatever I feel like, potato chips, whatever, then you can't trust your cravings anymore. So it's kind of easy to say, eat, like I also want to normalize eating until you're not hungry anymore, but it's it's really tough to trust that when you're not eating the right things. Mm-hmm. So I, and I do think that that's part of like, I exercise and I eat well without the goal of losing weight right now, because I have I'm nourishing my postpartum body with these things and it's not a stressful workout, but it's important to move too. And I do attribute that to being able to eventually when I had more of a weight loss goal, like be able to achieve that. But (laughs) I, I just don't think it's reasonable to expect that at all in the first year or while you're breastfeeding, if, if your body just needs to hold on to that weight. Exactly. And the body holds on to weight for a reason. So whether it is breastfeeding or, you know, if there is an underlying hormone imbalance or you are under a lot of stress, there are reasons why your body holds on to weight. So if there's encouragement, you know, we, we again, tend to align eating well with eating less, which is not, the, is not true at all. Um, we have to fuel our bodies and nourish our bodies to support our health and to support feeling good. And when we realize that when we're, our bodies are healthy and they feel safe, that is when weight loss occurs. So it's more happening indirectly. And at the same time, you're nourishing your body, you're replenishing and you're feeling good. So weight loss, especially postpartum is a really tough metric of progress at all because how many moms, new moms, especially are, exhausted and their hair's falling out and they just feel depleted and unmotivated and the power of food and movement and sleep can get your body functioning better so that you feel better. And then the weight loss, if and when it's a goal, is a lot easier to achieve. Yeah, I like that. And that was interesting what you said about the prolactin. Like obviously you have elevated levels of that hormone the whole time that you're breastfeeding. But that drop, um, I'm guessing that might be associated with your cycle coming back too when the hormones change Um, because that did happen. I'd noticed my cycle came back around six months and also I did kind of notice a drop in weight. I was still holding on to weight, but it was probably more like 40 pounds until six months postpartum. Um, So I think that's really interesting if that just inhibits weight loss and is it like, are some people more sensitive to that hormone or can they just have a higher amount of that hormone while they're breastfeeding? Yeah, I think both are valid. Um, And again, depending if you're exclusively breastfeeding on demand versus if you are, you know, combo feeding or when you do get to introducing food and you're feeding less, that level of prolactin is going to be different. 
And that six month mark is kind of like this magical benchmark in that a lot of we're, we're introducing real food. So babies may feed less and then, you know, moms tend to see their cycle come back. So now you're throwing new hormones and a new pattern into the mix too, which can positively impact weight loss because you're now your body's making progesterone if you're ovulating. But if there's an underlying hormonal imbalance with your sex hormones, that can also drive resistance to weight loss. So it's so dependent on each woman. That's so interesting. And what about the flip side of women who are losing too much weight? Because honestly, I do get that question probably less often, but I do get that question quite a bit too, where um, like you talked about, maybe there's an oversupply and it is hard to eat enough to keep up with the milk demands. Um, But yeah, what, what would the what would it be there? Yeah. So it's part, it's partly that, um, you know, keeping up with your, your metabolic needs. Um, there's also common for thyroid. So hypothyroid, slow thyroid is common postpartum, but so is hyperthyroid and postpartum thyroiditis. So that can actually increase appetite and cause weight loss. Um, but then we also have to look at like, what is the mom eating? Right. And what was she used to eating before? So many of us come to pregnancy, like it's this big switch in the way that we're eating because so many women are used to dieting and like restricting and then they get pregnant. They're like, Oh, now I have to eat to nourish my baby. And then once baby's born, they kind of can fall back into those restrictive tendencies. So we have to, you know, just take a look at mom's diet. Is she eating enough or is she eating frequently enough? Um, and just looking at that from a, a nutrient baseline, um, but getting the thyroid checked postpartum is important for that reason, but other reasons as well. Yeah, I love that. So I know, um, and it's interesting because I talk, I tend to talk more about boosting low thyroid because again, that's more where I have been. So I know you can boost it with like um, iodine or selenium in terms of nutrients, but also moving things like that. What would you do and feel free to add anything to that list, but what would you do for hyperthyroid? Um, I mean, it depends if hyperthyroid is being driven by like postpartum thyroiditis, which is like an inflammation or potentially an autoimmune condition. Um, you know, that's, there's inflammation. So there's inflammation at the root of that, especially with autoimmunity, there's, you know, gut healing, and there's a lot that can impact that and how the immune system is reacting to the thyroid. Um, hyperthyroid is a little bit trickier in terms of like natural supports for it, whereas hypothyroid is the essentially metabolic rate is slowed. So there is a lot that you can do. Certain nutrients play a big role, eating enough food, getting enough sleep. Um, so hyperthyroidism tends to you know, depending on what's driving, driving it tends to require some, some medical intervention. Um, and obviously hypothyroid can do well with medical intervention as well, but it just definitely depends that what is the source of the thyroid issue. Okay. And then if it's not thyroid, so I, I'm someone who's losing a lot of weight postpartum, I get my thyroid checked and it's fine. Is there something else I hear is that women have trouble eating enough and they're not hungry, but, um, I, I suspect a lot of underlying 
just feeling that they're not eating enough, but they can't, they don't want to eat more. Is there something you recommend there? Yeah. So that generally is a combination of one or more of either blood sugar balance, digestion, or just getting back into the habit and, and eating, you know, regularly. So, um, if the blood sugar is off or if there's stress, right? We know that anytime the body is stressed out, your blood sugar is going to rise. So if there's any level of blood sugar imbalance or stress, that's going to impact your appetite. And for many people, it can drive them to have cravings for sugar, but for many others, especially if cortisol is high, blood sugar is high, it can make them not feel hungry. And that's often the case for people that wake up and aren't hungry. Um, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I know I have myself where you're hungry and then you kind of wait and it goes away. So you're just like, yeah. oh, I'll just wait to the next meal. That's a sign of your blood sugar. Your blood sugar, your body is smart. It takes over. So your body's going to raise your blood sugar because it's dropped and it needs to get you to a level that's safe. So you might not feel hungry anymore. Um, and then there's the digestive piece. So we know that postpartum, especially early postpartum, digestion is really weakened. And... I see this in 90% of the women that I work with, whether they're three months postpartum or two years or never had a baby, digestive dysfunction is rampant. So there's different components, particularly stomach acid and producing enough enzymes and making sure that food is being processed and moved through the digestive tract at a healthy rate, that will impact your hunger and appetite. So, and then of course it's the other piece of just timing and getting back into that routine because we know that postpartum, it's really difficult to sometimes focus on yourself and make sure that you're taking breaks to actually eat and eating real meals and not just like grazing and picking up things here and there, which can affect the blood sugar and digestion as well. So it's all, it's all really connected. And something that worked really well for me, and you can tell me if there's anything wrong with this, but uh, it's, I start uh, every day with like a kind of a smoothie, but um, a warm smoothie that has a lot of fat in it. So it kind of just um, like a, I think it's good for blood sugar balance because it's, it keeps me pretty satiated for a while with all the fats, but it also makes it really easy to get a lot of extra calories in mm -hmm. and kind of start the metabolism early in the morning. So that was something even immediately postpartum, like I would just stay in bed and my husband knew how to make my smoothie. And it was probably like 700 calories just to, and you know, it's, it's quick and <laughs> easy yeah. on the digestion. Like that's not a good thing when you're eating a very sugary smoothie that it's so quick to digest and process all the sugars. But, um, I don't know. That was something that worked really well for me. Yeah. Smoothies can be great. Um, you know, early postpartum, like you said, you want to really focus on warming foods, but there are certain ingredients and things that you can include to make it super supportive. And smoothies are a good way to kind of sneak those calories in. Broths and soups and stews are another really, really great way to get those in. And, you know, in general, just trying, you know, to prioritize that within an hour of waking, getting food in your belly, because that is starting your day and then supporting your metabolism so that you are getting hungry more often. If you kind of wait and you fast and, and go too long without eating, now your blood sugar is kind of 
a mess. So if you can get them in early and finding whatever way works for you, whether it's a smoothie or, you know, a big bowl of oatmeal with a bunch of additives in it, like that can get lots of nutrients in. Those are some helpful shortcuts to, to add. Yeah. And if you're trying to add calories and you're not hungry, it really is a lot easier to do that with fat. Like you can, it's so easy to add a hundred calories of fat to some oatmeal, like a hundred calories of butter versus like, I'm going to eat an extra hundred calories of chicken. Like you might Mm-mm. not, it might yeah. not sound appetizing. But. <laughs> exactly. My, um, my postpartum breakfast that I thrived on was I did oatmeal with Kerrygold butter, maple syrup, and then ground flax seeds and berries. And that was, again, probably like, depending how much butter, depending if I made it or my husband made it, um, that could be like 600 plus calories. Yeah. And it's, it was easy to, to eat that. So, and smoothies, you know, we're, they're one-handed, so they're even easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I probably wouldn't let my husband make the oats because he'd mess them up, but the smoothies, it was just like... <laughs> you could trust him. You could put <laughs> the instructions on the fridge. Yeah, exactly. So, well, this was awesome. I, I love this um, quick question answer. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was really helpful. And um, yeah, I think that like the, the both sides of the equation and knowing that there's like a general kind of idea of the way things can happen, but there's always like, well, it depends on this, depends on this, depends on this. So it can really have so many different outcomes for, for every woman. Yeah. And so you can find Kim at root and branch nutrition on Instagram and is your website root and branch nutrition.com. Yep. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Michelle taggy nutrition. You can find me on my website, Michelle taggy.com. And you can email the podcast nourished and nurturing at gmail.com. <laughs>